Moncrief on News Talk. Oh, you're off then. I didn't want to wake you. Um, I was, I was gonna leave you a note, but I couldn't find a pen. That's fine. Yeah, you can leave whenever you want. Yeah. Um, you see, my parents are here, and and we're we're heading back this morning. It's quite drunk last night. I had a, I had a really nice time. Yeah, I, I can tell from the way you're searching for your shoes. Yeah. No, I I um I mean it. I'm glad we finally met and talked and the other stuff. Mm. Under the bed. What? Issue. Oh. I really was going to write you a note. What was it going to say? This precious note. I was going to say I've stolen your purse. <laughs> You'd find it tragically empty, I'm afraid. Well, now where are you going? To shower. Get dressed. We'll be here when I get back, or should I say by now? Uh, I, um, I might see if we can leave later. That's uh, one day. You can stream the entire series now on Netflix. James Dempsey is here to uh, give us his verdict on it. Afternoon, James. Afternoon. Uh, now, this was, as we were saying just before we came on air, uh, there, there was a film iteration of this, uh, The Least Said, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I have fond memories of this book, right, this David Nichols book, because um, it was a book club book right at the infancy of my book club, and mm. uh, it was like a hit. And then the movie came out, and it was not a hit. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so then when this came back around again, I kind of thought, yeah, like maybe this will be the one that really kind of captures the whatever the book had, whatever grips the book had on me, you know, 13 years ago. And uh, I can't say it quite did. Now, I did like it. Like overall, I thought it was cute and uh, zipped along at a really good pace. And like you could watch it all in a very easy binge. Mm. But for me... I actually, my, my main issue with it is kind of like structural, right? So what we heard in the clip there is uh, Dex, played by Leo Woodall, better known as uh, that guy's nephew in The White Lotus <laughs> Season yeah, 2. The dodgy character. <laughs> yeah. who, yes. And yeah. uh, Emma, uh, played by Ambika Maud, who people will know as that really put upon intern in This Is, this is Going To Hurt. And they've had this meet cute in Edinburgh University's ball on the 15th of uh, July 1988, St. Swithin's Day. And they are, they have this kind of one night uh, that spawns a friendship. And then the series follows them for the next 20 years, specifically on the 15th of July. So Mm. each season moves, uh, or each episode rather, moves the plot forward a year. And we pick up with Dex and Emma wherever they are in the world. Uh, She sort of struggling uh, to change the world for, make it a better place. Him struggling to reach for cocaine in his pocket. I don't know, right? Like, basically, there's a, there's a cl- in the first episode. Is that there's a, cl- a serious class clear money yeah. difference here? Very much so. Yeah. Right? He's this posh boy. She's this working class girl from up north, right? And like, will they wake it? Well, it'll take them a while, right? Yeah. And, and all in, actually, my main issue with it is. Uh, you know, we've seen this kind of thing before, right? Where there's a guy meets a girl and then there's a jump in time. Like, mm. I think the absolute peak of this is the before trilogy, the, um, you know, the, the, uh, before sunset, before uh, midnight, before uh, the other one. Yeah. And basically, like, what's really clever about that is when we catch back up with the, that pair, we have to fill in the gaps of what's happened in the meantime. Mm. But actually, going year by year, sort of, uh, it's a bit tiresome, I found. Like, I actually, there, there were points where I was like, you know, three years went by and I kind of thought, has anything really happened? happened. No. <laughs> like, they're kind of in the same rush that they were before. And then, because it's all, <laughs> like, because it's always the 15th of July, 
like I'm sort of thinking in their heads, why aren't they noticing that all of these pivotal events are like happening at exactly this specific point in midsummer? But what did I like about it? What I liked about it was I thought there was good chemistry between this pair, right? They both had these kind of supporting roles in the last kind of two years. And this is their big breakout uh, performance. Mm. They are the leads in this. And without a doubt, I think they have established themselves as people who can carry a TV show. And I suspect big things in their future, like particularly with him. I was watching Leo Woodall going like, I bet his name is in the ring, is in the loop for Bond now before like that comes out, right? As in like suddenly he's this hunk who can act yeah. and he can do a bit of melodrama and he can do a bit of comedy and he's got a rakish smile and he can do it all, right? Then what I didn't like about it was I was, you know, I'm watching this and, and as someone who has aged 20 years over the last 20 years, I noticed some changes in me. And I sort of like, <laughs> it, 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 it's especially tough on, on Leo Woodall because he is boyish looking. Like yes, he is like he is. Yeah. boy band pretty. Yeah. Right? But like he's supposed to age 20 years and by age, I mean, he's supposed to go through drug addiction yeah, and he's recovery. Been, he's, a, yeah. <laughs> he's been hard living, hard partying 90s boy right and by the time he gets to the 2000s like there's one scene where he's looking in the mirror going oh I'm getting so old I'm getting so fat uh, uh, while while caressing his washboard abs you know yeah. right and I'm gonna like <laughs> he's an advert for yeah. drug abuse so he is yeah, right could they put a bit of talcum powder through his hair or like something you know right um, and then this is a really particular complaint I have but it, it took me out of it and you know I was talking to uh, your producer or uh, uh, Simon earlier about this he was saying what he really liked was in Edinburgh in the first episode all the cars we see are vintage right Mm, yeah and that's a really good piece of attention to detail but like later on particularly in the last couple of episodes they're standing around apartments and I you know my memory is very much I wasn't a drug addict in the years in the 90s or 2000s so like my memory is pretty intact of what houses looked like then and they are standing in the most Instagram friendly beautiful apartments that were designed within the last two years and it just kind of totally took me out of the fantasy because the whole point it is supposed to be set in this time because you know the music is is period uh, period correct and, and really well chosen but like just parts of it took me out of it right all in I I binged it I mean I binged the whole thing since Friday I've gone to the end because it does zip along at this very 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 watchable pace and what I kept coming back for was the easy chemistry between the two of them. But for me, it went overly sentimental at times. And as I said, there were just these things that took me out of it, uh, which meant that perhaps more often than I should have been, I was glancing at my phone or something like that. Yeah. 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 I must say I didn't get past the first episode. (laughs) Uh, It was like... Richard Curtis had a really bad hangover <laughs> and decided to knock out a script. It, it didn't have, like, it was attempting that level of wit to d- indicate the, the chemistry between them, but I, I really didn't feel it. And I, and when I was, and I, this is only be, admittedly on the first episode, I kept looking at her, at Emma, and going, why are you so excited you're going out with this guy? It's mostly your horny friend who fancies him, <laughs> not you. And the horny friend, by the way, was straight from, you know, cliche central yeah. casting. We didn't see any of his friends at all. Yeah. Like he- so, I mean, a friend of his has come in later, but like for me, he was kind of like crowbarred in about episode four and then disappeared for a while and then crowbarred in, you know, around episode 10 to make a particular dramatic flourish happen. Like, yeah, like I, I all in Dex gets much meatier storylines than Emma. Emma just kind of gets to pout for him for a while and she's supposed to be this like clever double first, mm, you know, yeah. change the world socialist. But I guess he's a hunk. <laughs> right? So. 
you know. <laughs> so it all bounces That out. forgives all. Uh, same time next year, starring Alan Alda with similar, uh, says the texter. Must say, uh, that's probably going back a bit. I don't really uh, remember that one. So, okay. Yeah, but as you say, it was nice. Uh, uh, short episodes. It yeah. didn't have that. I mean, one of them was only 18 minutes, so I was all in. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> See, that's that's why you like it. Plus also, I think that kind of, for a certain age group, it was like pure. People can look back at it and say, yeah, college was just like that for me, except I was the hunky one <laughs> in that memory. Right, we'll move on to our second uh, show that it is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You can, again, stream the entire series on Amazon Prime Video. Here's a clip. You told me it was your favourite book. You said... When did I say that? I said it was my favourite book. I said the hot neighbour loved it. And then you said... <laughs> what? That Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's probably why. I was... I don't, I don't like that guy. I just... I don't like... How he flirts with you. I don't understand that. So I prob I, I said that to... It's just a book. So you lied? Yeah. Yeah, I lied. I, I don't think it warrants this kind of reaction. I thought that was why we matched, because it's our favorite book. You think an international spy agency put us together because we like the same book? No. Like it's okay, Cupid or something? Okay. No, like, I, I... What do you I'm mean? wrong. I'm wrong, because... I actually have never seen you read a book in the entire time I've known you, so it makes sense. I know you, Jane, and you're very calculated about how you put things. So if you want to call me stupid, just call me stupid and we can have a conversation about it. No, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just saying you don't read books, which is true. Now, that's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, James, is this one day but with guns? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. But the biggest uh, breakthrough I had while doing my research on this is I was like, so this is a remake of that Brad Pitt, Angelina Mm. Jolie movie that, like, infamously they had such hot chemistry that they, you know, got together on. Uh, But actually, that was itself a remake of a TV show from 1996, which I never knew. Oh, I never knew that either. Okay. So it's Wheels Within Wheels this week. And um, this I really, really liked, despite its very checkered production history, right? So in 2021, uh, uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge were both announced to be creating, recreating for the third time, this Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a show about two corporate spies who uh, are assassins who end up being you know, married to each other and unwittingly, know, uh, in the movie at least, have to uh, kill each other. Yeah. And uh, the production started in the sense that they were writing together and I think it went on for about six months before... Phoebe Waller-Bridge left the production under the, you know, inauspicious uh, title of Creative Differences. And um, Donald Glover has recently given an interview where he said it was like going through divorce, (laughs) which is an odd way of putting it, saying that although they came together to write the show, he thought that she wasn't very used to an American writer's room, which is very uh, collaborative, Mm. having worked, having, you know, made uh, Fleabag completely and utterly by herself that the show that she was making, he didn't see himself in and it was more his baby than hers. So she left and she was then replaced by Maya Erskine, who is best known for her role in the cult comedy Pen 15, uh, which is a very odd but very funny comedy about two teen girls in middle school played by adults while everyone else's children around them. I think it's on the RT player, but it was at one point anyway. It is, it's it's a cult comedy, but worth seeking out. And she plays Jane here. She is the new version of Jane. And Donald Glover is John. And in the opening scene, 
with the pair of them in it anyway, they are doing this interview with some sort of shady government agency or maybe quasi-government agency. It's a bit unclear who exactly they're working for. But their boss is a uh, is a computer program that goes by the name of Hi Hi, who gives them mi- messages and missions to do. And they move into this like unbelievably beautiful house in Manhattan where they then go off on various missions and fall in love with each other and then fall out of love with each other and have to remain together despite this. And it's just about, it's kind of a, a, a romantic action thing, yeah. right? Okay. And I loved it. I thought it was really, really, really stylish, first of all. like, And actually what I loved most about it is the whole time I was watching it going, like this is what it says about being in your 30s. You're watching it going, oh my God, that house. <laughs> <You know, right? laughs> Where did they get that carpet? <laughs> right. You but can what? get that, man, I've done that. And the thing is like, you know, you kind of sometimes see it was seat yeah. or say the seat in this scene <laughs> and then somebody is somebody can tell you what that scene was that's uh, like even weird like you feel bad for looking it up and then somebody's gone to the uh, I'll read to the trouble of finding it but what it I out. really enjoyed is there is actually a payoff to them having this beautiful house that comes right towards the end so it like so I, I felt like it was sort of ticking that box for me the missions are kind of a bit silly in the sense that their spy work seems to be a lot of improvised silliness. But but what Amazon has is incredibly deep pockets, right? Because not only have they provided these absolutely stunning sets, but like the list of kind of guest stars is really incredible as well. I mean, there's uh, in the opening scene, you have Alexandra Skarsgård for about five minutes, Paul Dano, Sharon Horgan, Sarah Paulson, Michaela Cole, John Turturro, Ron Perlman. Like, Crikey, it, it, like yeah. it really, really goes on. And, and um, what I liked so much about it was when you think about it, it's a really bizarre thing to make a kind of romantic comedy and comedies in inverted commas here about two murderers, yeah. right? Like I said, two people who are going around repeatedly beating up other people and killing other people. And I thought, like, how are they going to reconcile the fact that these are like, you know, this is very violent stuff that we're seeing against meat cutes and romance, mm. etc. And there's a payoff for that as well. So I felt like it 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 answered every kind of question I had about it in the finale in a way that I found incredibly satisfying. And it ends on a kind of cliffhanger where if it doesn't come back, it'll be sort of satisfying in and of itself, which I'm delighted with. And I'd almost hope it doesn't come back because it'll need to be such a huge hit because obviously the amount of money that Amazon will have ploughed into this having paid off <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, to begin mm-hmm. with. Is huge. And it has been a big show for Amazon, like streaming, you know, all over the world. But it's very hard to know what that actually really means as well. In yes, terms of, of course. You know, uh, dollars, shall we say. Yeah. But like all in, if you're going to watch one remake of a movie from the 20s, from this century, this is the one I'd go for. OK, go for. fair enough. And, but it's explicit that they their job is to go killing people. Very much than, so. Yeah. And it's not like they don't kind of fudge it where everyone they happen to kill all kind of deserved it anyway. Uh, it, it, you actually find out very little about whoever they're like, whoever they're killing. Oh, basically, right, they're okay. kind of just going. It's not just killing. They're doing other kind of missions, shall we say. Yeah. They're, they're given these obscure obstructions that they they have to follow they have kind of three lives themselves but as in if something goes wrong they get a warning and at three warnings they'll be let go from the company but it's oh, all very mysterious okay. about who so they're, they're hired by HR in this particular organisation that's good to know <laughs> a little a little yeah uh, someone says I binge watched Mr and Mrs Smith I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it it is worth watching for Dan, uh, Danny Glo- uh, Donald Glover alone he's a very fine looking human uh, indeed it is but this is now then this is the, the Donald Glover show 
in terms of who wrote it and put it together, yeah, I but assume. I, like, yeah, I, he wrote it and it's also made by other people who worked on Atlanta as well. Ah, so right, it's okay. very much in the style. His mother, his, his own mother, I think her name is Beverly, actually appears in it as well in a very small role as his mother. So it is very much his baby, definitely. Okay, fair enough. Uh, one day sounds like boring people. I mean, <laughs> normal people crossed with Groundhog Day. And uh, the same time next year, uh, apparently is uh, it was a film with Alan Alda and Ellen Bernstein that was uh, a, a 1978 movie where uh, they did all that. Right. Our third show, it's called Blackshore. It's on Sundays at 9.30 on RT1 or you can catch up on the RT player. Here's a clip. We're looking for a young girl in blue jeans and a green sweatshirt in particular. Miss Hurley was seen to have heated words with her apparently. Forensics are already working on Miss Hurley's boat. Gannon, check in with toxicology, see if we can determine whether there was any alcohol in her system that night. Did she arrange to meet anyone in a pub, perhaps? Press will be given minimal information, suspicious circumstances, blah, 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 but they'll be clamouring for more given the high profile of our victim locally. Let's keep it respectful. I'll set up an on-site investigation base at the hotel with Garda Furlong. We'll interview staff, guests, check what meetings she attended in the weeks leading up to her death. Any CCTV footage from the hotel? You double-checked? Yeah, none of the internal or external cameras were operational. Hotel let the contract slide. Right. Well, if she hadn't been paying her bills, there could have been money trouble. Maybe there were debts she couldn't pay and someone lost their patience. Maybe, or maybe not. Uh, right, so that's uh, uh, Black Shore. This is, you know, one of their Sunday night dramas. Uh, uh, is there a sameness to a lot of these Sunday night dramas? So this one is written by Kate O'Reardon who also wrote Smother which mm. had a two season run and is about death in County Clare. Yeah. And this is about uh, I believe the fictional town of Blackshore County Clare where uh, death has uh, stalked the, the, in our death, yeah. where, where our detective who is uh, Fia Lucy kind of hard one to say to be honest uh, D.I. Fia Lucy uh, has returned 25 years after her father murder-suicided and uh, took all her family with him. And you would think that this would earn her some sort of like sympathy from the townsfolk, but they are looking at her like through gritted teeth and daggered stares. And she returns having, (laughs) she returns having received, so she's a guard and in the opening scene in Dublin, she breaks some uh, terrible guy's nose in a bar in Dublin. And then she's told, oh, you've had three reports for like, you know, for over, I can't remember exactly what it is, but like, being too aggressive mm. and I'm sort of going should she still be employed <laughs> she's yeah. had three but anyway she returns to this town and is then promptly looking for this woman named Roisin who winds up dead in a lake or a river or the sea or something and she's going around trying to solve this mystery and it is very much like Nordic Noir 101 right now what I would often say as a criticism of these kind of homegrown productions is often a problem with them is there's not enough characters to sustain it because obviously the more characters you have the more expensive the production yeah. is. And here it's the total opposite. There's actually just too many uh, cooks in the kitchen because we have this central mystery. We've got the uh, her kind of psychic uh, Garda and his troubled marriage. We have a local tycoon who's running a yeah, whiskey festival. We have various different bad actors, including fishermen who seem to be drug dealers. 
And then not to mention this woman being kept seemingly kidnapped in a caravan in the woods while a religious zealot is like attaching barbed wires to her thighs <laughs> and fixing her pearls. <laughs> right? Crikey. So there's just an awful lot going on. And yeah. actually, fundamentally, the mystery isn't kind of juicy enough. Like I'm not just hooked on who killed Roisin, right? Like I just don't know. And actually... I don't care yet either is my problem. Oh dear. All in, I feel like this is something that shouldn't run for six episodes. Three, it should be three and done rather than padding it out so fully. But it's just a bit um, all over the place and Nordic Noir kind of had its peak 10 years ago and I don't know if we are you know, if, if we're quite in the nostalgia period for yeah. that yet. And for a tourism dependent country, <laughs> I, I don't think the people in Clare would be very happy with like lunatics running around the woods. Yeah. and It's twinned with Midsummer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Amanda says there's nothing wrong with noticing the decor in a movie. I built a bookcase based on the one in Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> it's a great conversation piece icebreaker. So yeah, there you go. You. Uh, that's, a, that's a brilliant story, Amanda. Right, those three stories today are one day you can stream the entire series now on Netflix. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you can stream the entire series on Amazon Prime Video now. And Blackshore, it's on Sundays at 9.30 in RT1 or you can catch up on the RT player. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.